I'm not a complainer, but there is a constant complaint that my children and I have to my wife. And it is that no matter where we are, if it's just something we're doing in town or whether we're on vacation, she loves to take group pictures to memorialize the moment. So we'll get together and she'll take a picture of us uh, by ourselves. She'll take a picture with the people we're traveling with. She'll take a picture of the actual scene around us. And while we complain all through the picture, secretly we love it when we have a chance to then get back on our phones and see what we were doing or those fun memories that we had. You know, it's interesting because as the people of Israel were crossing the Jordan River, Joshua asked them to take a picture. He asked them to take a picture by going out into the river and picking up stones of remembrance as a way for them to remember God's hand and leading them into the promised land. If we go to Joshua 4, verse 1, it says, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So, as we cross the Jordan River, as we prepare to conquer our Jerichos, we're going to stop and we're going to think about the importance of taking those pictures, picking up those stones of remembrance as a way to celebrate God's provision in our lives. But before we do that, let's pray. God, we're so grateful for the chance to get into your word and mark these moments of remembrance. Mark these times where we have seen your mighty hand at work. Just like you did for the Israelites as you brought them across the Jordan River, you are at work in our lives. So help us to be aware of how we document those moments and more importantly, how we use them to grow closer to you and to use it to celebrate your provision in our lives. You can imagine the scene. The people of Israel had gone through this river. Remember that the floodwaters were backed up and they had gotten over to the other side. And then Joshua had said, as you come across, um, each of the 12 tribes was to pick up that one stone. And what's interesting to me as we think about doing this is that there was a specific way that he asked them to do it. If we go to chapter 4, verse 4, it says, So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the first thing that Joshua had these 12 men do is select the stones. And, you know, it's interesting to me, I've read this story so many times, and in my mind, I've always thought about the fact that they probably went out, they were obviously passing by the ark, and they picked up these stones, and in my mind, I had a mental picture of just pebbles, right, small stones um, that were easy to carry. But one of the things that I picked up as I was studying this time is that he said, each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder. So these were big stones, and it made me think about the fact that there are two different places where we can select the stones that show how God worked in our lives. And the first are stones that reflect places of struggle. And so when I think about those men heaving stones on their shoulder to carry it across, these were big, heavy stones. 
And sometimes the stones that mark what God has done in our lives are big, heavy stones that reflect being in a place of struggle. When I look back on my own life, I can think about those times where either at work or in our family or at different phases of life, um, I've gotten to the point where I've realized that there is nothing within me that can solve a problem. There is nothing within me that can help figure out a way to success. But I have to wholly lean on God to be able to do it. And it is in those places of struggle that we see his hand and we feel his hand, I think, most closely. You know, I can think about a business trip um, when I was in Las Vegas and things were just going awful. Every part of the trip um, seemed to be spiraling downward. And I got into a, a point where I was in my hotel room and God brought 1 Kings 18 to me, which was the story of Elijah fighting the prophets of Baal. And that's kind of how it felt to me. Um, like I was fighting the prophets of Baal. Everything was going wrong. But you know, in that story, Elijah prays to God to solve the situation and bring that fire down to be able to show his power. And it was wrestling through that story and in that struggle that I just said, there is nothing within me that can help resolve this situation. But God, I know you can bring the fire down and deal with it. And I learned more about his hand. I learned more about my relationship with God in that moment of struggle than I had in countless other moments of success. One of the things, though, that's important to remember is in these moments of struggle, when we select the stones, is there's not always a happy ending to that story. That worked out for me on that one business trip. But there are a lot of times where I can think about being in moments of struggle where that rainbow ending that we hope works out just doesn't happen. And I want you to hear that it's in those moments, too, that we can see God's comforting hand. His hand where he's teaching us things about how we, in our loss, find ways to grow closer to him that can be just as important. And I think it's essential that we document those moments of struggle as well. So in those moments of struggle, we select stones where we, in very powerful, practical ways, see how God leads us through Jordan rivers of our own to get us to the other side. So we select stones from moments of struggle, but we also select stones from moments of success. And so I just want to ask you, where are the times in your life where you have most abundantly seen God at work? What are those joys that you've had in life where you start to think back and say, if it hadn't been for God's intervention, if it hadn't been for his presence in my life, those moments would have never happened. You know, I was thinking this week about the fact that I can mark um, the particular couches that I was sitting in where each of my kids came to know Christ. Those are stones of success. Um, and there are places in our lives where we can look back at some of those big moments where we've been able to celebrate what God is doing in our lives or in the lives of our family or in the lives of those that are closest to us, where we can specifically talk about the fact that these are places where God allowed us to experience the joy that comes from that success. You know, as I started to think more about this this week, though, one of the things that was really clear to me is as I tell those stories of success, as I recount those stories of success, sometimes I fall prey into the temptation of making my role in those success stories bigger than it should be. And one of the things that I am really reminded to do as I think about this story in Joshua is to make sure that when I pinpoint those successes, when I document them, when I celebrate them, that I recognize the primacy of God's role in that place. 
So I just want to encourage you over this week to get specific. Take the time to get in a quiet place and select the stones. Think about those places of struggle where you've seen God at work, where you grew in a way that allowed you to see um, his hand and either overcoming the situation or just holding you closely as you went through it. And then also document those stones that mark stories of success. What are the joys that you look back at and you realize that if it hadn't been for the hand of the Father, you never would have experienced those mountains? And document them. Write them down. Select those stones. Because in doing that, I think you'll see the way that God connects those dots to be able to bring us closer to him. And that really is the purpose of selecting the stones. It wasn't just taking them out of the river. Joshua had a specific command for how they were to set up the stones. So let's go back to Joshua 4. And if we jump to verse 8, it says, So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. Jump with me down to verse 19. It says, On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped out at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up Gilgal with twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So we're called to select the stones, but more importantly, we get very important instruction about why and how it's important to set up the stones in a particular way. And so as I look at the lessons in Joshua 4, one of the things that's clear is we need to set the stones as a way to document God's faithfulness. It's important for us to specifically see how God brings us out of those moments of struggle into those moments of success, and so that we have the ability to mark his role in all of those things. You know, I think it's important for us to set those up so that we don't fall into the trap of leaning on our own self-will, our own self-confidence, our own abilities to be able to do it. But when you look at why Joshua wanted this set up, it was really to make sure that the people understood that the Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. It was his hand. It was his faithfulness. It was his provision that did it. So as we have the opportunity to select those moments of success, as we have the opportunity to select those moments of struggle, always making sure that the main character is God and his role in our lives, that forces us to make sure that we document, we cement, and we solidify his faithfulness. So we're called to set up the stones to document God's faithfulness. But I think we're also called on the stones to create daily reminders of God's provision. If you're at all like me, uh, when I come in in the morning, I know that I'm going to face a barrage of bullets, right? Things that need to be dealt with, problems that are in front of me, issues that have to be resolved, people that I've got to encounter. And I need to be equipped with the mindset that God is with me to be able to deal with whatever I may face. 
And you know, if you're at all like me, there are two choices that I can make every single day. One is I can surround myself with people and with voices and with examples of ways that I can lean back and recognize, God, you've got this. You've gotten it before. I can think back to examples where you've done that. And when I do that, I have a very different kind of mindset going through those issues. I'm equipped for battle because I know that God's got my back. On the other hand, I can, uh, I can make a choice that I come in and I can listen to the voices that create a kind of downward spiral of all the reasons why I won't be able to handle the situation in front of me. Um, it's really easy to listen to those voices that um, just create a sense of defeat, um, that focus on the negative. And if I don't have these visible reminders around me, these examples of where I've leaned on God in the past to document his role in my life, I find it much easier to go to that dark place. So I just want to ask you, who are you listening to? What are you looking at? Are you listening to people who do remind you of the way that God has gotten you through a situation? Do you have physical reminders, pictures, Bible verses, things around you that give you a sense of how God can get you through whatever valley you're going through? Or do you start to find yourself going to a dark place? All of the reasons why you won't be able to deal with the situation ahead of you. I just would encourage you to set those stones because those stones serve as a daily, daily reminder of the way that God will provide the provision and he'll provide the means for us to be able to deal with those situations. So we set up the stones to document his faithfulness. We set up the stones as daily reminders of his provision. But I think one of the things that is sweetest to me about this is we set up the stones for our descendants. When Joshua talked about the fact that the camp needed these stones, that they were going to place these stones right in the middle of the camp, that certainly served as a daily reminder. But it also served as the opportunity for the children of Israel, who had not lived through the 40 years of wandering, to be reminded of the fact that God had not only given them provision to cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land, but he had given them provision to cross the Red Sea and he had taken care of them all the way from the Exodus from Egypt. We document what God has done in our lives because we need to tell the story to our physical descendants or to our spiritual descendants. For those of us who have children, finding ways to make sure that we tell them the stories about the ways that God has impacted us and has moved in our lives is essential for us to be able to help them grow in their own faith and their willingness to lean on God, to be able to um, deal with the situations that they're facing. In other ways, we can think about the people that are our spiritual descendants. Some of the people in your small group, right? These are people that you have relationships with, that you have a lasting impact on. Are you finding ways to think about the moments of your story that could serve as an encouragement, that could serve as a warning, but most of all serve as a reminder that they can walk closely with God to be able to deal with whatever is in front of them. I read an article that talked about the fact that children appreciate hearing the stories of their grandparents most. Um, maybe it's because they are tired of hearing us as parents give them all of the reminders and the rules, but when they're with their grandparents, they just have a chance to listen to those stories um, about their lives and how times were different. So I want you to specifically think about whether you have grandchildren or not. Are you making time 
to create moments where you sit down with those descendants, those physical descendants, those spiritual descendants, and just recount all of the ways that God has moved in your life? Are you setting up the stones regularly for them to see him at work? When you do that, I don't think you only create something that will have an impact on them, but I think it'll also have an impact on you because it will remind them of the fact that you can keep going to the well to get those stones. There's still a story to be told. There are still more stones of remembrance that need to be collected as you think about carrying on in your own life. So don't just select the stones. Don't just write them down. Set them up. Set them up around you. Set them up as ways that you remind yourself, but you also remind others of the way that God has provided in a mighty way in your life. You know, I told you when we started that my family complains a lot about um, the fact that my wife takes pictures of a lot of the memories of our life. And while we're taking the pictures, we complain about it, but we love to go back and see the pictures. You know, one of the things that's interesting about technology is that I can go to that photo button on my phone and I can just swipe so quickly that I can see years of our life just go by in literally seconds. But every once in a while, as I go through that quick kind of timeline of life, a picture will stand out and I stop and I click on it and I can focus on what that meant to our family at that time. I think that's a little bit like the way that God wants us to think about these stones of remembrance. When we go back and we're living our lives and we're quickly kind of thinking about all of the things that are in front of us or the things that are behind us, if we click on those stones of remembrance, if we select those moments where we saw his hand in the struggle, where he, we saw his hand in success, we will then use those as an opportunity to be able to double click on that picture, double click on that stone and set up those memories, set up those stories as a way for us to recount his provision. When we do that, we not only have pleasant reminders of how he's done it, we actually tap into a different kind of strength that allows us to be able to conquer our Jerichos. All of my fears like Jericho walls gotta come down.